Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. Celebrate good times. Come on. Wahoo! It's a celebration of three cameras. Celebration. Wow, I don't even know that for Something to celebrate and with you. All right. Celebration. Three cameras. That's it. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's all it. we got. That's as far uh, as I can make it. We have a three camera setup, everybody. That you are, wa- if you're watching on YouTube, look at this. We are surrounded by cameras. How exciting is this? This is crazy. I don't even know what camera to look at. It's kind of, it's freaking me out. Yeah, I'm just not gonna look into any of them. You, you know, we also have to not only sing at the start of the cast now. We kind of have to dance too. <laughs> like I didn't sign up for the dancing. Uh, we were dancing before. You just didn't see it. But I didn't have to. It was like, yeah, that's true. Yeah, now I have to. Anyways, everybody, hello. Welcome to the Command Zone. I'm your host, Jimmy Wong. How's it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. And uh, if you guys, again, we are doing full video whenever we can, whenever time permits. Uh, and this time we upgrade from one camera to three cameras. So if you guys want to watch us do stuff, a lot of people had some fun. If you were listening audio-wise, last time there was a whole segment just called the... Who knows? knows? (laughs) That was even better on camera. So if you guys want to check that out, just go to youtube.com slash the command zone podcast. Yes, which is brought to you by Card Kingdom. We have a sponsor. Yeah. You know what was really cool Mm -hmm. was the response we got on social media to our sponsorship. So That was actually the best. I was so happy to see that happen. I mean, a whole lot of people came out and said how glad they were that it was Card Kingdom specifically that was sponsoring us. Normally, this is going to be the section where we say good things about Card Kingdom, but we thought it'd be sweet to read some of the things other people were saying. Yeah. Um, We got a whole list of them right here. Matthew McCafferty on, I think that's a YouTube comment, said, my previous order from CardKingdom.com went like this. Orders for package to receive within six to 10 days, arrives within three. Three. And I'm in the United Kingdom. Wow. That's pretty cool. Another, it's not on the list, but I remember another person said the same thing. They ordered on a Friday, got it on a Monday. They're in Denmark. 
Yeah, that's insane to me. Card Kingdom is known for extremely fast shipping speeds, uh, and that is super awesome. Uh, Devin McKernan, uh, also at A Night Adrift on Twitter, said, I love CK on their site every day. Their search slash sort utility is my favorite to use on the internet. And he gave a heart. Heart. Yeah, nice heart. It's a great time to go to cardkingdom.com right now because Eldritch Moon pre-orders happening right now. You can order sealed products. You can order pre-order singles. Mm -hmm. Any singles you got your, uh, your eye on? Um, I'm definitely going to get Emrakul. I can finally play her in EDH, so I'm 100% going to try and do that. Um, also, Tree of Perdition. Oh, yeah. That's the combo that we needed yeah. uh, with Soul Separator. Everybody who said that, and there was a lot, that's a great one. We obviously didn't know about Tree of Perdition yet when we were doing the episode. Yeah. Because we totally would have come up with that. I mean, obviously. 100%. Yeah. yeah we never we'll, missed. We'll talk about like that. that more at the, uh, the end step when we talk about the other combos that you guys submitted. Um, yeah, I'm really excited for Eldritch Moon, though. But yeah, check out Card Kingdom. Um, people are saying they even set it up Twitter accounts to just say that, like, it's so great they're sponsoring the podcast. So that's awesome. Thank you, everyone. Make sure when you do go to Card Kingdom to order your Eldritch Moon pre-orders that you use the URL cardkingdom.com slash command zone so that they can track where everybody's coming from and how many awesome listeners we're sending their way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And if you guys did not know, we are doing a giant giveaway called the Keys to the Kingdom. We we're just, giving away the Keys to the Kingdom. The Keys of the Kingdom. And by that, we mean two full boxes of Eternal Masters. That's 48 packs, three packs to 16 lucky people. All you have to do is start following us on Twitter at CommandCast. And here's what's going to happen. Next, well, today, actually, if you head to our Twitter right now, we're going to be doing different sort of ways to enter the giveaway every single day for 16 days straight. For instance, today might just be retweet this tweet. Tomorrow might be do this and tell us a combo that you can get for under five bucks for this. But in order to figure out how to enter, just follow us at CommandCast. Basically, at noon Pacific each day, by then we will have tweeted out how you're going to enter for that day. Yep. And it's going to be really simple. It's not going to require a lot from you. It's just going to be a way that each day you have a new chance to win the packs of Eternal Masters. So yep. follow us on Twitter at CommandCast. Enter and win the keys to the kingdom sponsored by Card Kingdom. You can enter as many times as you want, but you can only win once, and we're going to announce the winners probably by midnight that same time, Pacific Standard Time. So, again, it's more than just following us at CommandCast. You have to follow us and then do something probably absurdly simple to potentially win a ton of Eternal Masters packs. So, check that stuff out. Can't wait. All right, time for our main topic. This is a pretty cool one. We had a friend uh, recently who emailed and, and said that they had been playing they play with us sometimes we play with mm-hmm. other play groups and they were talking about a play group that they had recently sort of joined and started playing with and how it wasn't going very well um bummer yeah they weren't really happy with the dynamic of that play group and it got jimmy and i talking we thought it would be a good topic to discuss sort of fostering a healthy play group yeah and this is sort of a psa of sorts um we don't talk about this too often actually we've gone some flack for delivering too much of the this is how you can out political or out politicize your table and stuff and people are like well you're going to create enemies if you do that etc cetera, etc cetera. so today's topic is more of a hey commander players out there if you've ever been frustrated with a play group or find yourself in a situation like our friend here's ways to address your play group to look at it from the outside and hopefully make it healthier yeah i like what you said there at psa because this can be hard to talk with and to your playgroup about. Mm-hmm. So this is a good thing maybe we can do as a surrogate for you to help, you know, just sort of talk to everybody about all these little issues that can come up. You know, we uh, wrote down here that playgroups are like plants. Without upkeep and care, they can wither and die. Die. 
That's true. They can definitely dissolve. I know of many friends that have said, hey, you used to have this play group back in the day, but then like one thing happened and then the entire thing fell apart. Yeah, and it's really sad when that happens. So here's some ways we can maybe see that coming, help to avoid it, fix problems that are cropping up that are going to slowly corrupt like Emrakul, your yeah. play group. Turn and, them into uh, monsters, into eldritch beasts. And meld them into... Oh, this went way off track. Yeah. <laughs> really hope that doesn't happen with your playgroup, actually. Yeah. Please do not transform as a playgroup into monsters. Yeah. That'd be don't, great. Don't, it, well, it might make a cool movie. <laughs> the magic group that went super dark. and Dawn of the Meld. Dawn of the Meld. <laughs> I don't know. We'll work on the title. Chris Hemsworth in Dawn <laughs> of the Meld. It's Chris Hemsworth. Wow. Thor? I don't know. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, I, I was just thinking like Cabin in the Woods. He's like he's he, he could do those cool like smaller budget movies. Who they knows? get him and Channing Tatum and they meld into oh. Cranning, Cranning, Thordom, Hemsum. I really want to meet someone named Cranning someday. Cranning Hemsum. Cranning Hemsum. Um, okay, right, first off, track. yeah, I got off track. Okay, first off, uh, let's talk about what a healthy play group is. We wrote down some points. We're just going to actually. Uh, Overall, we're going to talk about what a healthy play group is, what an unhealthy play group is, uh, talk about some sort of touchy subjects, and then we're going to give you, Josh, and my uh, golden rules that are specific to us and things that we think are overall like things that you should abide by. Or you can at least take as suggestions for ways yeah. to resolve things or avoid problems. Um, first thing we put was uh, one of the keys to what a healthy play group is, is people feel welcome. So Very it's welcome. inclusive. It's not exclusive. Yeah, and magic already is kind of exclusive in that it is a hobby that you have to invest money and time and research and all these other things into. But at the end of the day, a healthy player group says, yes, bring out your deck, let's play a game. Not, no, I don't like X, Y, and Z. You can't play with us. Yeah. Um, and that kind of leads into the next one, which is everyone is excited to play. There's no apprehension. You know, you hear about play groups where people are like, you know, I want to. I want to play magic, but but with those people or with this thing or that, yeah. it was weird last time, and now I'm a little bit. Uh, I'm a little bit apprehensive about going and and playing tonight. Yeah, being excited to play is the reason I got into magic. Actually, I remember back in the old Rocket Jump offices when everyone just sort of came up and started playing at the exact same time. It was this electric environment, and I remember you talking about your old cards, about what happened to your dual lands in the basement when they got soaked. And all these things like ignited these old memories and like all this excitement within me. And that was what really got me playing in the first place it was not that I wanted to beat people or build the best deck or whatever, but that I was just excited to play a game. Yep. Um, the games are fun and challenging. Yeah, this one's actually, I really like this one a lot because challenging is another thing that I think a lot of Magic players share um, that you want to play a game where you feel like you became better at the end or you learned a lesson from that game that you're going to apply to the future or in different games in different areas of your life but the challenging aspect of it is equally fun for someone like me at least yeah and i think this is you know over the years we've heard a lot of people come to us and there's almost like we have this dear abby sort of you know section of our email where people ask us advice about things like this mm -hmm. and one of the things that pops up rather often is Sometimes people get too far ahead of their playgroup where they don't feel challenged anymore, and that can actually be an issue, or other people feel like it's too much of a challenge, and so that becomes, the gap is too big, so keeping the playgroup sort of, so it's fun, and it's exciting when you win because it's not super easy, but also mm -hmm. you do have a chance to win, so, you know, that's a, it's a hard wheelhouse to hit, but it's important, and when you do, it's great. 
Yeah, and Commander is such an individual expression of who you are as a, a gamer, what you decide to build, that I think a lot of people, when they get to that point, where like, oh, well, I keep losing to X this deck because of mass land destruction or whatever else. They decide to make a fun deck, and that deck actually changes the meta, slowly morphs it to be more challenging, because you're, instead of just playing by the rules, the black and white rules that you may have set up over time, you're adding color in all of a sudden, and you're, and you're changing the actual environment up. Uh, the next one we put down is playing with the group is quote-unquote easy. This one's super important. Yeah, it just doesn't feel, in good playgroups, it doesn't feel like any work to, to get their play, mm-hmm. get going, when you've got like interpersonal problems and maybe there's some issues or people are sort of took things personally or it was awkward, then it can feel kind of difficult to sort of sit down or get the gumption to play or gather everybody. Yeah. And even the, like, you know, it's sort of, you know, have you ever had, this is a weird question. Have you ever had a dance partner, Josh? Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. The first time you guys dance together. It's awkward. Pretty awkward. The second time you guys dance together. It's a little less a little better. Yeah. And eventually you get to the point where, You'll see the person and saying hello to them is second nature to you. You know enough about them that you can ask them a question that isn't just like, wow, weather's nice today, isn't it? You know. So I feel like that's a big part too is playing with a group that because you've built up a relationship and a rapport over them over the years or days or months, whatever, it, playing with them is easy. So yep. it's like, hey, what, le- what deck are you playing? Are you playing that? Cool. Not like, oh, you're playing that? Well, I guess I have to, you know. Yeah, well, it's funny because you have decks that I'm like, oh, sweet, he's playing that deck. Yeah. And there's other people in our play group where I'm like, man, play that one deck because I think it's cool. I'll, it might kick my butt. Mm-hmm. But like, I like that deck because you have cool interactions and you've built it well. And when you have a good play group, that's how people feel. Yeah. You know, your strong decks, they actually appreciate them and like them. And that makes it easy to play because you're not like, okay, well, if I got to choose the deck, but if this one will make this person mad and that one makes, you know what I mean? That, it makes it tough and hard to play. Yeah, and there's also a level of trust too. I found that playing with a group is easy. For instance, Craig has 36 decks or whatever, and I will sometimes just not bring a deck and play one of his and that makes playing even easier for me because it's like cool, like the pressure's off in the weird way. Craig trusts me to handle his deck with care because he's got a lot of valuable cards in there. Yes, he does. <laughs> and for me, it's also like this really fun experience to try and test out his play style and his deck building style against the rest of the de- uh, everyone else that we're playing with. Uh, the next one is communication flows freely. This is a really important one, and we're going to come back to this, I think, a lot throughout this episode, which is that in a healthy play group. People talk, and sometimes there's always going to be issues. I don't, you can gather people to do anything, mm-hmm. and at some point there's going to be interpersonal issues. There's going to be feelings hurt. There's going to be you yeah. know arguments. There's going to be you know these these points. And life is going to be lived. <laughs> yeah, exactly. People are going to have a bad day that day, and that's going to be part of how they deal with you. And you're going to not like it. And then all of a sudden, blah 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 blah. If you have communication and it's flowing freely, then that stuff can be worked out. Yeah. But it, when nobody talks to each other, you know, outside the game, before the game, after the game, you know, then it's hard to resolve those issues and those can start to build up. Yeah, and communication is something that is like both parties have to engage in. If it's two people, you can't have a conversation if I just talked at you and then never let you respond or never let you have your own opinion or never voice. Never listen to what you said. What'd you say? Yeah, exactly. Like that is, you're putting like a roadblock in the middle of like, here's where we could go with this conversation and by the end we'll resolve something or I would just be stubborn and refuse to listen to you and the communication just sort of shuts down. And one thing I will say too is Magic is a game that has a tendency to draw in a certain personality type. Mm-hmm. It's not 100%. It's just I'd say there's a better than a normal game's chance that the person that is playing Magic is not as social as somebody that's, say, playing basketball. You know? Yeah. 
and and that's okay. Stereotypes aren't fair, and there's going to be a lot of people that don't fit into that. But I would say that Marshall's know, like I play basketball all the time. Yeah, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, but introverted people tend to you know be drawn to magic maybe more than extroverted per- person. That came out wrong too. Anyway, I think you know. No, what I, I'm, I think I, think you know I, what I can. Saying, I think yeah. in general you can make sort of baseline like I call them soft assumptions. You yeah. know, it's not like only introverted people do this. But yeah, I, I'd say that because it's a game that you play indoors, you can do it very much by yourself you don't really need to you know like if you just want to build decks you don't need anyone else there to do it with you you know or you play online yeah exactly so i think i think board games and games in general that are more small group stuff is an intro is more of an introverted hobby because it's not going out to a party socializing with as many people as possible you're keeping it small and tight-knit yeah they don't like to be the center of tension always you know but that can sort of be a little bit of a barrier to communication and and that's just something to realize and to sort of you know, forgive that mm-hmm. part of people that maybe aren't as socially adept and still have communication. You know, I like to say, like, I try as hard as I can to forgive other people's foibles because I have a lot myself and I'm hoping they'll forgive mine. I've never forgiven you for <laughs> that one time you... I'm just trying to think of an example. Um, yeah, that's actually a really good point. Uh, and it's not even that you're not, quote unquote, socially adept or not. It's like, you know, we're not trying to obviously insult magic players, but like, I have time. I consider myself a very social person. I go out to many events, but there are a lot of times when I'm just so tripped up over something that I don't know how to react. I can't say stuff. I come off as salty or bitter or all these things. It's like, it doesn't matter how good you are at talking to other people, other people, you're going to find yourself in situations where your communication is going to get stopped. It's going to be hard for you to express how you feel in that moment. And you're going to feel slighted or like not listened to. And it's always good to have friends and people around that sort of have this baseline understanding of, we're going to listen to each other. We're going to address concerns because we like playing with each other and we also care about each other at a very like empathetic human level. And then it's sort of related to the last uh, thing we're going to talk about under the what is a healthy playgroup category, which is there is a good system of resolving complaints or issues within the group. Yeah, and I found that this is actually really dangerous because uh, I wrote this down because a lot of times something will come up and the spikier players will have a set response and they'll join a group together of like us three people think this and the more casual people are like well us three people think this and all of a sudden it's like well what's now what side are you gonna take yeah. yeah um and i think at the end of the day it always ends up just being like well i think this way but i can see that it upsets you so let's figure out where the middle ground is and find each other there yeah compromise is really important and just having an open system where you can talk about it you know the worst thing is when those two groups align and then stare across at each other but don't speak yeah and that divide is just going to get bigger and bigger and those can be the kinds of cracks that eventually just create this huge canyon in your play group and can break it up yeah not good i mean definitely i've seen that happen um not just play groups and magic but other games mm-hmm. uh, you know other groups so yeah and i think what people don't realize is that um a lot of small complaints and small issues if they're not addressed actually are the real source of the problem it's not like you're going to have that movie level fight where it's like this is the point of the movie where like the girl decides to break up with the guy because of x y and z it's like no this is real relationships and happen over like years and months and like small little things build up over time and people build resentment and stuff so just keep an eye out just make sure you're always looking out for that kind of stuff all right so this begs the question if that's what a healthy play group is i flipped my hand over so for those people that can't see but if you're if you're watching the video you can now see my hand flip over. And you're going to understand the point that we were talking about a healthy play group, and now we're talking about an unhealthy play group that even was, more because it was a difficult point to understand in the first awesome. place. We're gesturing like crazy. I know, gesticulating. Every, everything is, 
is spoken with my... Actually, I'm going to be silent for the rest of the podcast and just talk with my hands. <laughs> the people listening in their car are like, guys, guys, can't see you. Can't see you. All right, that's like 20 seconds now you've wasted of my day. Okay, what is an unhealthy playgroup? Number one, conflicting personalities or philosophies and being unable to adjust slash adapt. Yeah, this you, is tough. This is a tough one, and I think it goes back to the communication thing, and it also goes to... Listen, not all marriages always work. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we're when we get into some of this stuff and, and sort of how you resolve it, there is going to be some things where the resolution is just you want different things. It's funny because it's magic. A lot of times the different things like, I wish you just didn't attack me and end my game before I could do my thing I wanted to do. That, you know, <laughs> that is a great point. And I actually think that so many things that we we sort of cover it. So we're mad about something else and we just make some, well, I don't even like land destruction. Yeah. A lot of people, listen, a lot of people don't like land destruction. I'm just using that as an example. But a lot of people are mostly just mad they lost that game. Mm-hmm. And so that's how they take it. Or, you know, well, that card is OP, or that card costs $50. Or, yeah. Oh, go- great. I lost to a $50 bill. Cool. Like, what's new? Yeah. You got a lot of skill. You got a lot of talent. Or, you know, you hear this a lot where people are like, well, how much skill does it take to, to play Kiki Jiki and Pester Mike? You know, like they're they're just they're being really derisive when they say that, right? Yeah. They're they're saying that you don't have any skill as a player for beating them that way. But it's mostly, and I forgive people for saying that. I'm not saying that they're bad people when they say it, but I understand what they're actually saying is like that sucks that I lost. Yeah, it sucks that I lost. It's like a feel bad moment. I wish I was. I wish if it's sometimes like oh, I'm just going to kill you with my Voltron commanders. Like I wish it wasn't me. Like yeah. how why 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 did it happen to me this time? Or like I can't believe that. This is your way of playing the game, and this is how you win. It's just unacceptable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and there's that really big divide in our community, and I mean the Commander EDH community, mm-hmm. between like spikes and casuals. And this is one of the big, huge things I think that faces EDH as a format, which is this feeling that you know certain people want to play a certain way and certain people think that that stuff's not fun. And at a very, very deep level, maybe that's not always something that can be resolved. Yeah, and and oftentimes I'll, I'll find that people just don't play Commander yeah. if they just don't think that the multiplayer aspect is what they want in a game. Or that for the people that want to play Singleton decks, they'll jump to different formats. And those evolve out of literally Canadian Highlander, I think, is a result of people being like, well, I don't want to play dual Commander, and I don't like Commander because it's too many people or whatever. Let's find a format that appeals to everyone that can play some of the older crazy cards like the moxes and stuff and find a way to regulate it. I think it's a very common complaint among very good players. So we've had a chance to play with people like Glenn Jones, mm-hmm. who's a pro, works at Watsi now. and Gavin. He, yeah, Gavin. And talking to Glenn, I remember you know one of the things he said was just that it was very hard for him to tell what he's supposed to be doing. Like Because in normal Magic, I'm just trying to win. Yeah. But in Commander, it felt like people would sometimes get mad at him if he did that and he was bewildered by it because he'd be like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I'm trying to win. I'm not trying to make anybody mad, but then they get yeah. mad. And like looking at it from his perspective, it's weird to get mad at him. Oh, it's a hundred percent strange to get mad at someone for doing what the goal of the, the goal of commander is not dirtle around and never win. You know, that can like, be fun. That can be fun. Yeah. The, the goal, I mean, your deck can have different goals. It can be like, I want to group hug everyone to death. I want everyone to flip coins as much as possible. But at the end of the day, the game of magic, the gathering is played because everyone starts at a life total and it's the last one standing. That's, that's how the game ends. Yeah. It's still magic. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess you could have like a draw or some bizarre scenario, but yeah, in general, 
get everyone else to zero but yourself. Yeah. And and this is going to the next point, which is people take things personally. So Wait, yeah, for sure. So oh. this is a big problem, I think. Maybe the biggest problem in unhealthy playgroups, which is that, you know, like you said earlier, well, why'd you attack me? And it's not like I, I have espoused the virtues of politics and saying things like, you know, you promised you wouldn't attack me. How dare you attack me? But I also said in that same episode, you have to keep the game and the not game separate. Yeah, that's a great point. And like how I've always viewed it is when I'm sitting down to play commander, I'm playing a role. Mm-hmm. That's not Josh Lee Kwai, the podcaster. <laughs> Although that often comes up as the role that you are. It's yeah. like, oh, let's kill the guy that talks about this game all the time. Well, that happens in GPs. Um, <laughs> but I'm the I'm the guy I'm the magician I'm the planeswalker and the planeswalker is a different person which means like the planeswalker can be affronted that he got attacked because he's actually getting attacked in the game mm-hmm. but Josh Lee Kwai, the podcaster is not he's just playing a role and when the game's done he's like that was a good play that was probably the right play yeah. you know but I was trying to get you not to do it because that's the right play for me but I'm not actually mad at you like that's and I, I make sure that people know that even if I don't say those words I usually will be like that was a sweet play when you did that thing which mm-hmm. countered my thing which made me lose but it was still awesome so you're saying you're a wizard you're a wizard Ari <laughs> um yeah I think taking things personally is something that in general and I don't know if this is a trend that is very like very specifically current but the idea that you're entitled to not die in magic or you're entitled to get a pass from someone that should be attacking you or even if they shouldn't be attacking you and they're making a mistake, you're getting offended because they're making a mistake and you're paying the price for it. Um, and I think it's very short-sighted to get upset about someone doing something as simple as just swinging at you with their two one ones for the first time. Or even if it is like, look, I'm going to target you and get you out of the game because I'm a Voltron deck, and if I don't do, or I'm playing Infect, and if I try to spread it out, there's no way I'm going to win. You just happen to be on the unlucky end of the first person I'm going to swing at. I think it's very short-sighted, and like, this is a, a one- to two-hour game. You're going to live your life for another 50 years. Is it really worth getting offended over someone making a choice in the moment that may be incorrect, may be correct, but really doesn't affect your livelihood in general? Yeah, that correct, incorrect, like, hey, I don't like that person because they make incorrect decisions, quote unquote. I've always found that to be a little bit strange as far as the logic. Um, And I've heard a lot of people say it, so it's obviously something that's pretty Mm -hmm. prevalent. But to me, that's what makes the game fun, that part of it that's you can't predict. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know exactly how that person's going to react. I know how I would react, but they're not me. And that's what makes it awesome is because that person could totally do something that I would never do. Yeah. You know, and if I was playing against five me's, that probably would not be quite as much fun as playing against Jimmy Craig, you know, Kessler and anybody else that happens to be at the table. So don't take things personally is kind of the the moral of that story. I did want to talk about tilt really quickly. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to be really quickly. I hope it is. Tilt is a thing and we've all felt it. And if you don't know what tilt is, tilt is that feeling of your sort of hackles rising after you lose or something bad happens to you. And a lot of times it happens when you get mana screwed Mm -hmm. or when, you know, somebody does something, like I said, that feels illogical or, you know, some bad luck hits you. It's like the universe is against you and it makes you mad and you don't really have anybody specifically necessarily at that moment to be mad at. And you're just kind of mad in general. Yeah. And you see people act really strangely when they're on tilt. And this happens, by the way, across the board in sports, in poker, um, 
in life, you can tills off a lot of things. And you can be playing craps in Vegas and it can happen. You can be at work and something happens and you can go on tilt. And so controlling tilt is a really important life skill if you can do it. And I happen to be pretty good at it, but but I feel tilt all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel it constantly. And I have a little trick that I use and I call it retuning my brain. Okay. And so retuning my brain, and, and this is one of those things, and you know we love to talk about these things on the show, or at least I do, which are the things you can take from magic and then apply to your life. And mm-hmm. those lessons so that I can, you know, be in a, in a game, in a simulation, and actually learn something that I can use day to day. Retuning my brain is just resetting what a victory is for me at that moment. So when I start to feel tilt, m- the victory condition I can set in my head at that moment is don't get mad. Congratulate the person. Mm-hmm. Say something nice about their deck. If I can get that out of my mouth, if I can say it and not, and believably, it's amazing. You know those studies they do where if you smile? Yeah. So if you don't know the study, the it's study is, the outcome of the study is that smiling actually causes happiness. Even if you're unhappy and you just sit there doing this, flexing the muscles and you're not actually happy. This is another video moment, by the way. We're smiling. We're both smiling. But we're both making it look like we don't want to be smiling. They have found scientifically that that will actually start to make you happy. Crazy. So faking happiness actually starts to make you happy. It's weird. It's a tail wag the dog kind of thing. And that's retuning your brain a little bit purposefully, right? So when I start to feel tilt anytime, then I start to fight it by resetting the victory condition for that moment in my head. And the victory condition your brain's trying to set is to do something to, mm-hmm. to demonstrate your anger, to throw the video game controller across the room or you know, to yell at somebody or to say something mean because you see that person as the cause of your anger. And yeah. that's the victory condition your brain's trying to set. And if you can set a different victory condition, then all of a sudden you can take control of that tilt. And it goes away so fast. It really does, actually. I was, I was going to say that... Um... It's funny because whenever I tilt, and I tilt pretty often, um, I think it was because I was raised very strictly. So any like any any failure like resonates through my entire bloodline. <laughs> but uh, you have shamed your ancestors. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I'm always whenever I tilt, I'm always just waiting and looking for that one thing to just start reversing the the effects of it. And it can be an easy as easy as like going to the refrigerator and getting a drink. You know, it's like it's like oh wow, like. I forgot how thirsty I was. This is great. How refreshing. I can, I'm done with the game so I can stand up and do something else. You know, like, oh, man. That's I t- retuning your brain, right? Yeah. You reset the victory condition. My victory condition is if I can make it there and take a drink without saying anything. And by the time you've done that, tilt's over. Yeah, tilt's gone. Um, and, and, like, it'll come back in flashes. Yep. You'll sit back down. Something else will happen. And you'll, like, be like, oh, I remember how that tilted me. Um, but each time it happens, it's less than the original time. Yeah, I love the idea of retuning your brain. That's great. Um, One thing I try to do, and I'm going to give a little advice to people out there, which is in job interviews, mm -hmm. you retune your brain to talk only positively about your last job. Oh, interesting. Try that. I guarantee it will help you so much in job interviews. The worst thing you can ever do is talk badly about your previous job. And it's very hard not to. And so you set the victory condition. If I say glowing things about my last job and can be believable, then I win. Also, if you say negative stuff, the whole point is like, well, what's going to stop you from being negative about the job that you're going for? Yep. Nobody right wants now. to hire a negative person. And yeah. they all know if you're saying negative things about your last job, you're going to eventually say it about this job. Yeah. And I find that in general, just being able to spin stuff to the positive, the half, you know, the glass half full sort of thing, it's going to pay off dividends in the long run. Um, you want to be smiling more than frowning in life. I'll just say that much. <laughs> um, 
The next one we wrote down is this idea of, boy, I hope this specific person doesn't show up tonight. Ooh. Yeah, or, or, boy, I hope they're not still mad about last week. Yeah, you can be that person and have that same feeling, or you can be the person on the other side that doesn't want someone to come for whatever yeah. reason. And And... Both of those are underlying problems, right? It means mm-hmm. you didn't resolve something. You didn't have the communication flows freely when a, a problem came up. You know, maybe somebody yeah. tilted and they couldn't control it and they didn't reset their victory condition and they said something maybe that was a little bit cutting, you know, which happens to everybody. Mm-hmm. And and then it just let it hang and then they went home and now it's just like hanging over the next play session. And, and that's, those yeah. are things you really don't want to happen and, and sometimes they're going to. But this tends to happen a lot in unhealthy playgroups. Yeah, I think the idea of just shunning someone, of just being like, I don't like that person, I don't want them here, I don't want to play with them, is something that we do subconsciously a lot of the time. You know, you, let's say you go to school and you have a choice of where to sit at lunch. Um, you're not going to sit next to the person you don't like, obviously. You're not going to go up to them and ask, like, hey, how is your day going if you don't like them? So you're always making these decisions of people that you're kind of avoiding in life and people that you're gravitating towards more, like your crush, for instance, or you know, someone that you feel safe around, someone that supports you or that you enjoy supporting. Um, and so it's not anything to feel guilty about, but it's something that definitely, when it comes to specifically playing games with friends, is going to be an unhealthy mentality because it just means that every time you go to one of these, you know, a game night or whatever, you are doing the same thing. You're playing the same social game of, I don't want to play with this person. I don't, you know, it's being antisocial to a certain degree, but more, more or less, it, it actually affects the entire group as a whole because you bring that energy in and everyone else is affected by it. Because if someone can tell that you don't like this person you're playing with, you're complaining audibly when you're playing with them, they're not going to have as much fun. They might find reasons to dislike them. They might find reasons to dislike you and that's just going to tear things apart. It's right? It yeah. starts to corrupt your playgroup. It's something to attack more head on. Talk to the person. Talk to the, the playgroup. See what it is that's bugging you about them. So often it's just something little that people are like, yeah, mm-hmm. just, you know, sorry. That's not what I was even meaning when I did that. Yeah, exactly. You know? And then it's just gone. But what happens is it builds up and it builds up and it builds up. Yeah, the word is toxic. Um, and people say this like, oh, his behavior is really toxic or her behavior is really toxic. And that just means that what you're doing is infecting the group or infecting the people around you and and turning it toxic making it into this not living good thing it's actually it's like you know what liliana does makes things undead you know it's just it's basically reversing positivity here in this case this is her raising the zombies yeah i mean her doing that is sweet but you doing that to a group of friends or a group of people because you're just not getting your way or whatever it is is not going to be conducive to you having a good time in life <laughs> these are this is funny there's a lot of life lessons in this in this because it's interpersonal relationships right yeah and that's a, what life is a lot about um the next point we're we have here is people feeling like they're forced often forced to play in a certain way or a certain style that they don't enjoy. Mm-hmm. So this is another thing where you see playgroups that they make their own rules and they have certain ways they play, and that's great, and they've talked about those, and that's the way they want to play. And those playgroups are communicating, so that's going to be more healthy. It's when you feel like, oh, I have to play this way, and I don't have any option to not play that way or to mm-hmm. talk to anybody about it. That's when it can kind of feel like you're trapped, and then, or or the person that's feeling that way is trapped, and then there's resentment that happens there. Yeah, and that makes them just want to leave the play group, or or find... start to do things like complain mm-hmm. and talk about other people because they'll, you know, sometimes people will think, well, that person's the reason that I'm being forced to do this way, and so they start to snipe at that person and blah blah blah. Yeah, you know, there needs to be some give and take in the play group, and some, you know, you need to allow 
people to have their day in the sun if they like to play certain ways or mm-hmm. certain things. You can't just be like, you know, you could never play that deck again. You know, that's that's it's not it's not fair to them. I mean, if you're saying that, I guess maybe you are willing for them just to stop playing with you. And and like we've said, sometimes that's going to happen. Like people want to play a certain way and other people don't. And it's not always resolvable. Some marriages don't work. Yeah, um, and sort of tying into this, the next thing we wrote down is people feeling left out because of differences in money, time, knowledge, um, sort of differences in anything. But really, I find it's like the have and have nots where it's like, cool, you have a guy's cradle and look, wow, turn three, you did this, cool. Well, I can't afford a $200 card, so that was fun. Did you have fun? I didn't have fun. You know, it's a sort of, I have this, you don't have that. And I think magic is nice because we're playing in a format that has answers for literal everything like strip mine. That's a $4 card that beats a $200 card or whatever, you know, there's like all sorts of different ways that you can get around sort of the, the money restriction, but it's still something that can really be a salty issue because if someone just is like, cool, I want to play commander. Okay. Well, I'm going to go buy every literal powerful card in the world and then play it and beat you because of it. It's not going to feel good if you're someone that's been playing for two years or whatever and think that you're pretty good or, you know, you have more experience, but then some bucko comes in out of nowhere and just wipes the floor because of these cards, then it's going to, you're, you're going to feel like you've been cheated, you know? Why'd you spend all this time and invest all this money to have someone just come in and beat you because they could spend more than you? I mean, I will come out and say right now that that is a perception about magic, but it's not true. Mm-hmm. So no one's beating you because of money. It, that's a that's a little hard to say. I well, think, I, I think at it's the formats, very low end of the spectrum, yeah. it's possible. But in the medium, like if you only have you know ten dollars to play and you're in like junior high or something, then somebody could be beating you because of money. But for a lot of people, you know, you can beat really expensive decks with really cheap decks. There are definitely mm-hmm. ways to do it. It's just we've said this on the cast before, right? You can substitute time for money, so your time can be spent figuring out what exact cards you need to get to beat those expensive cards they've got. But mm-hmm. answers to, you know, big expensive cards are usually way cheaper than the big expensive card that it's answering. Yeah, and go online. The internet is your best friend here. I think in Commander, this is very true that you're a cheap deck can easily beat an expensive one. I think when you get to, like, standard and modern and things that have the metagame, quote-unquote, solved for the most part, then it there is a restriction in terms of if you want to play a tier one deck or whatever, then you're going to need these cards. But that's very different then commander yeah well also it's multiplayer so you all have the other aspect of like well maybe my cards can't straight up beat your cards but me and this other guy's cards maybe mm-hmm. could so i just now my job is to convince him to team up against you yeah and but so, but don't do it in a way that makes you hate the person because they spent more money on their cards or whatever like, actually i like it when you know craig has the biggest collection in our play group and he has things like tabernacle of pendril veil you know that's a really mm-hmm. expensive card but he never plays that and i go Oh well, how could I beat an eight hundred dollar card? I go like, okay, this is gonna be sweet when I yeah you still win yeah exactly, and you definitely can. Um, the last note on what makes an unhealthy play group: personal agendas. You're, it's we're not again not saying that you can't have personal agendas, but when your personal agenda is like I will inflict pain on everyone and not be remorseful whatsoever, then you're probably it's a little too much you and not not enough we. Yep, I like. I really like that because it's a group, right? So if you yeah. want to have a healthy play group, you got to think about the group. That doesn't yeah. mean don't play your mean decks. It doesn't mean that. It just means be cognizant of when you know 
the the threat meter is into the red and then okay play a nice deck or you know yeah. be a little or take your foot off the gas once in a while yeah and i think this is something that people fall into when they first start playing which is like cool i'm going to play this commander format i'm going to blow up everyone's lands that's what i'm going to do every time it's going to be sweet because i'm going to be fine they're not going to be because i have avicen or whatever and you do that a few times and then you'll quickly find that people don't want to play with you if that's literally your only goal in life is to do that and you're actually actively isolating yourself. But it is a very natural tendency when you first start the format to be like, I'm going to build this fun, super sweet, mean deck that is intent on winning. And I've, I think you're going to find that you're going to just be bored of doing that after a while too. I mean, I think that deck is fine. We have people play the deck. I have that deck. You have that deck. Mm-hmm. We all have that deck. And everybody pulls it out once in a while. That's fine. I think, you know, and, it, and it's even fine if you want to play that deck every single time. It's just that you need people to play with. Yeah. And so you're going to have to find people that like playing that deck every single time. And there are those people out there, but you can't expect everybody to be those people. Yeah. Some people just aren't going to like that. And that's, that's okay. You just can't really complain loudly, you know, about it. Um, all right, let's talk about some specific stuff that can be a little touchy. Um, these are, again, some stuff that the listeners have reached out about. I already talked about tilt and retuning the brain. We've mentioned like land destruction Mass land destruction, infinite combos, stacks. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a really big thing. Infinite combos, I think, are really high on this list. People have really differing views about infinite combos. It's a moving target, too. Some people are like, well, two-card infinite combos. Of course not. But yeah. four-card infinite combos, that's fine. It's like, yeah. oh, oh, this combo gets you infinite life? Sure. Oh, but this combo gets you infinite this? Nuh-uh. You know. Yeah, and we're not here to tell anybody what the answer to that is. Because you know what? There's no answer. There's no right or wrong. At its preference, right? At a certain point, you're like arguing favorite ice cream flavor. Chocolate's the best, Jimmy. Rocky Road. Chocolate. Mint. Chocolate. Vanilla. How can you ever win that? Actually, I'm really sad about that conversation because whenever someone asks me what my favorite ice cream flavor is, I say vanilla, and then they very often say, wow, that's boring. And I'm is like, it really what? vanilla? Yeah, I love vanilla. All right. I'm just asking. So, look, it happened. It happened again. Got him. Um, uh, <laughs> well, mine is... Uh, Chocolate? Uh, uh, mine's probably strawberry yeah that's my second favorite and people yeah. again go oh that's well, that's boring i'm like what, what do you mean that's boring boring there's nothing boring about it, it tastes delicious Fine, i just like pistachio it. i'm fancy <laughs> oh you fancy huh <laughs> um yeah you're true no, no one is wrong or right about infinite combos again it's preference it's also like how you use the infinite combo if you're literally intent on just going infinite by turn three every single game guess what people are not going to want to play with you and that's not it doesn't mean you're fault. right and they're wrong yes exactly because they're right that they don't like it and you're right that you like it they like chocolate you like pistachio that's okay but that doesn't i guess that means like you have to go into those conversations knowing that Mm -hmm. you're arguing about favorite ice cream flavor and it's kind of dumb to sit there and say i'm right yeah pistachio is the best end of conversation you cannot think vanilla you're crazy yeah, and I think that's what sort of stops a lot of people, too, is that that is as far as the conversation gets, which is like, no, 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 we can make this a more adult, civil conversation than just, I'm right, you're wrong. You know, it feels very childish. It feels like you're on the playground, and you're just shoving each other for no reason. Um, there are adult ways to handle it, and there are also adult ways to play against it if you are, you know, you can have a deck that's like, okay, cool, I can answer infinite easily. I have an instant speed board wipe. I have counter spell you know there's lots of different ways to answer these things so or again, you know what's a really good answer to infant combo what's that sweet am i dead sweet uh hold on i'm gonna shuffle yeah and we'll play again yeah it's the best answer for me i get it i just don't 
you know, don't take it personally. That's that's the big thing we talked about it earlier. I think that mm-hmm. that's one of the things that's toxic in the playgroup is when somebody goes infinite and then it just like makes you mad. Yeah. You wrote down one bad apple here. What do you mean? Yeah, this is something I've seen a lot. Um, and I'm, I used to run a basketball group. That's one, one of the reasons that I talk about basketball a lot. And one of the things that we found... I thought you didn't play basketball because you were an introvert and you didn't <laughs> enjoy outdoor activities. Gosh. Um, and so I ran a, a group and there was a group of like 20 guys and we play on Tuesday nights. We did it for like six or seven years. And I was in charge of, you know, basketball's, it's, it's hard to organize because you need a certain specific number of players. Like mm-hmm. if you have four guys, you can't really do it. And also if you have 20 guys, you can't really do it. So you're trying to stay in this nice little 12 to 14 guys, you know, wheelhouse all the time. And so, and people come and go and people get injured and people, you know, they have babies and they move away and mm-hmm. their lives change and they, you know, change jobs. And so you're always looking for new people. And something that I found was that one bad apple. So one person could really change the dynamic of the entire group. And when you're in the play group or in charge of the play group or running a group, you have to really be careful of that. Because what happens is like, you know, one person would come into the basketball group and they would be a ball hog. And they would just never pass and shoot every time. And what that did, that was bad, but not so bad. It's just one person out Mm -hmm. of 14, right? But what happened is the other guys that would start to be on their team would not like playing with them. Right. And then they'd stop passing to him. And they'd start shooting all the time. And then he'd start getting mad because he's not touching the ball. And what what just happened, like that one person just infected like five or six people. Or somebody come in and they're a little bit rough. And they start like bodying guys and knocking guys over and so some people's response to that is to get rough back so now i have people that didn't used to play rough who are playing really rough because one guy started playing rough and so you had to be really careful that like you know this happened a lot with the basketball group which was people would be invited but they would be invited to come play one time and we'll see how it goes Mm -hmm. and some people were like nope you're not invited again and they just wouldn't get emailed again about the game and when your play group is healthy it doesn't have to be open to the whole world. Keep it, you know, care for it. It's really important that that group stays healthy and you don't have to invite the person to come back that is a little bit toxic. You're under no obligation yeah. to invite everybody in. And we said, yeah, it's welcoming, feel inclusive, not exclusive. That means when the people that you know, you know, you're not, you don't have like clicks within your group if you can help it, but, mm-hmm. you know, protect your play group. Like be yeah. careful of those people that are, "Quote unquote bad apples." Yep, one bad apple ruins the bunch. Is that the uh, the phrase? Yep. Um. All right. Oh, keep the in-game stuff separate from out-of-game stuff. We talked about this already. Uh, if you have issues with someone, don't sit down and play a game with them to, and expect to resolve it. Um. Try actually talking to the person. Yeah, and do it before or after. I'd say like it's okay in the middle of the night if game two, you didn't like how something went, and then you still play game three and four. But at the end of the night, you know, and you don't even you know this is a, this is a thing that. I do a lot, which is you don't even have to talk about the thing specifically. You mm-hmm. just come up and you sort of are chummy with them and you joke about something and you let them know that way that everything's cool. There's no hard feelings. Like, cause I feel tilt and sometimes I'll do something or say something where I'm like, ah, gosh, I wish I didn't say that. Yeah. It's a little bit more cutting than I wanted to. It was a little bit sharp. You know, I was frustrated about how that game ended. And then, you know, yes, it's hard to go up and be like, dude, I didn't mean to say that. And it's a little lame. Like, they'll be like, what are you talking about? It's no big deal. But, you know, it's there. There's something there. And so a lot of times you can just say, like, hey, what are you doing tomorrow night? You want to hang out? That just told them right there. Everything's cool. Or, yeah. like, you can be like, oh, when you did the thing, that was awesome and blah, blah, blah. That just tells them, hey, 
everything's cool. It's outside the game. That was in the game. This is outside. We're all cool. Yeah. I think that's a big thing too. It's like, hey, you killed me in that. Hey, you killed me three times tonight, but it doesn't mean I don't like you as a person. Yes. You know, it just means that that's how things unfolded and that's, you know, it's not a huge deal, obviously. This is one I put down. I said, how do your actions, words appear to and incentivize others? Mm -hmm. So what's your goal by your actions? You know, there's this thing and it bothers me a little bit that we hear from a lot of content creators and people talking about commander so i'm gonna lay out the scenario i'm sure you've heard it some guy does his infinite combo on turn seven or eight six five four whatever you want and then everybody goes that's cool you win we're gonna keep playing now Mm -hmm. and everybody just is cool with that story you're being a little bit of a jerk when you do that i'm sorry i'm telling everybody right now you basically are saying you didn't win dude yeah that's that's what you're saying to that guy now if you're okay saying that and maybe you are that's fine but if it happens once in a while that's not the right thing to do the right thing to do is like we're dead we're, okay. Demonstrate the combo? Yep, we're dead. All right, let's shuffle up. Let's play again. Yeah. Yeah, I don't... I'm not... And again, favorite ice cream flavor. But just be aware that the person knows you're saying you didn't win. What you did was cheesy. That's what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. And I think this happens a lot, too, when someone will do something. Well, it's like, I could do this, uh, but, you know, I'm, I, I don't know if I should do... And then someone's just like, no, don't do it. It's... it's you're just going to win. And I'm just like, wait, why, why, why don't you just let the person win then? Just win the game. It's cool. <laughs> just, just win. We I, play to win the game. Yeah. Listen, we're going to get catch hell probably for this whole episode for being like social justice warriors or whatever. I'm not telling you not to do that thing that I just said. I'm just saying you should know that the nonverbals or what you're not communicating, what you're not saying mm-hmm. like explicitly, everybody knows what you're saying. <laughs> what you're saying is you did something cheesy, dude. You didn't really win. Now we're going to play. We do not approve. Yeah. The council has decided. Yeah. That's what you're approve. saying. Uh, <laughs> that's cool. If you want to say that, go ahead and say it. All right. Um, let's move on uh, to some golden rules. Uh, Josh and I both wrote down five sort of quick, four to five quick things. Um, and these are just things that we personally believe. They're not universal truths necessarily. There may be truth in everything. But again, we're not telling you how to live your life. We're just telling you how we live our lives and how... It applies to potentially making things a little better. Pistachio. Pistachio. It's the best. Vanilla is boring. <laughs> um, establishing the right culture. So if you if you watch sports at all, you'll hear them talk about like locker room culture. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like LeBron comes from Miami to Cleveland. And Cleveland's a team that hasn't won in a long time. But LeBron brings this mentality of how you win and he shows up to every meeting on time and when guys don't show up on time he calls them to task for it and he gets there early to you know practice before the games and you know he he invites other guys to come along and get there early and before you know it the whole team is getting there early to practice before the games and he creates a culture of you know working hard and hard work ethic well this is something you'll notice that's in your workplace there'll be certain cultures you know certain workplaces have certain kind of bosses and everybody's a little bit scared and they don't like Mm -hmm. to, you know, and they're scared to go out to lunch or they're scared to blah, blah, blah. And that's the culture of that workplace. And your playground will have a culture too. And the culture that you want, whatever it is, just be aware of it and you can cultivate it, right? Yeah. We want a culture where people are communicative. So communicate, communicate because your culture won't be that if you don't, you know, invest in making those things happen. So think of like, what do I want the culture of my playgroup to be, to be, and how can I encourage that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
mine is literally the golden rule, which is treat others the way you'd like to be treated. Uh, it's It applies in every aspect of life, but it really does. And I think people forget that in game when they're like, well, like you did this to me, you attacked me, so I'm just going to be mean to you afterwards. Or I'm going to insult you based on this that you did to me in a game, a game of non-existent wizards and creatures flying at each other and like attacking each other on the ground. You're going to get that upset. And it's like, no, treat other people the way you want to be treated. And actually, this kind of goes back to your infinite thing where it's like, if you're the person saying like, all right, you're, you went infinite, okay, we're going to continue this game without you. What, how would you feel if you were that person that just went infinite and the, everyone else was like, cool, well, we're not going to accept this, uh, just acknowledge what you did. Okay, you can go do something else now. Goodbye. You know, it's like, think about, just think about how your actions resonate and whether or not you'd like to be on the, re- the receiving end of that. Yeah, you know, we hear that golden rule said so many times in our life that we stop thinking about it, but it's the the way you'd like to be treated is actually mm-hmm. like really key, which is just taking that moment to flip positions with the person that the thing's happening to, yeah. you know, or they did the thing. And that helps reverse tilt a lot as well. Too. Yeah, because all of a sudden you're like, yeah, of course he made me discard my entire hand. Yeah, like I, I just drew Cyclonic Rift, which would have lost him the game on the spot, you know? Yeah, you know, and or he's looking at my board and I've got Ulamog and blah, 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 and this other guy's not doing anything, you know? That is, yeah, that's going to stop a lot of things. Um, yeah. I like this one a lot. More pew pew, less QQ. Yeah, that's great. So more, stop complaining about in-game stuff out of game. Just leave it in the game. Yeah. Yep, just whatever. They went infinite. They mass land destructed you. They played a stacks deck. The game took four hours. Just reset your victory condition to, yep, that annoyed me. I didn't really love it. I'm not going to complain about it. Yeah. I'm just going to move on. I'm going to move on with my life. And you know what? In 10 seconds, 20 seconds, um, two minutes... It will not be a big deal to you anymore, and you probably. I hope it's care. not a big deal to you yeah. at that and point. And the next night, you know, when you're playing Overwatch with your buddies, you won't even be thinking about it, and yeah. that, therefore, the next play session, it won't be hanging over it. Mm-hmm. Uh, my next golden rule: uh, recognize the universal nature of gaming slash magic. Everyone is playing a game because they want to have fun. Everyone is coming from a different background. Everyone's coming from a different place, a different history, a different experience level. At the end of the day, if you just try and understand that and be respectful of where people are coming from and what they're doing, you're going to have a lot more peaceful, very civil intercourse with people. Intercourse. Yeah, intercourse. Yeah. Yeah. It just sounds weird. (laughs) But things are going to be more civil in general if you just have a base layer of respect, which is like, look, you came from this place of gaming and this is what you want out of it. That's totally cool. Um, I'm not going to try to force you to change anything. If it doesn't mesh with how I want to play, then sure, there's going to be stuff that comes up. Maybe you just don't play with that person, but don't be disrespectful to that basic thing because at the end of the day, we're all playing this game to have fun. I if hope so, at If they like least. vanilla and you like pistachio, it doesn't make them bad, dumb, or stupid. Yeah. It just makes means they have different tastes than you. Big deal. Oh, I was trying to say discourse, not intercourse. But, yeah. you know, it all You're means right. Intercourse thing. did sound weird. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Um, be willing to compromise or meet people halfway this is really simple just you want something from them which is for them to be nice and have fun in your play group and play the games in a way that is exciting and challenging and they want something from you which is the same thing now how you get to those places you just have to be willing to give a little and hopefully they're willing to give a little because you are Mm -hmm. Um, you can't fix everything Mm. Uh, we get it in our heads often that we can fix everything that I'm going to be the person that's going to make this person realize the error of their ways Uh, you know what sometimes good intentions are only going to make things worse because you're not a therapist you're not you know licensed you don't know the right way to deal with someone that may be particularly troublesome understand that you could just not be the right person for the job and that's totally okay 
and don't try and fix everything. Also, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But sometimes it will require like, look, you're not that person's best friend, but their best friend you do know, and you could talk to them about it, and they may be able to bring it up in a way that actually affects the other person. They can have a conversation, but you've only known this person for like a day, two days. You're not going to make a huge change in their life if you go up to them and be like, intervention time. It's not going to work out. Um, we've sort of covered this one. You don't own Commander. No, I think this is so... Just saying the words, you don't own Commander is... I mean, you own Commander product, but you don't own the format. It's right. not yours. You're not the arbiter of what it is, what's right, what's wrong. You know, I've had people say, like, command uh, counter spells have no place in Commander. Uh, I mean, who are you to say that? I Like, mm-hmm. I, I can't say it. You can't say it. I don't think Sheldon Mentory can say that. Like... You don't own the format. Land destruction, infinite combos, stacks, counter spells, whatever you want to come up with, whatever thing you want to say, you don't own the format. That might not be something you like. Mm-hmm. You know? Pistachio, man. Pistachio. Everything comes back to favorite ice cream flavor. Freaking pistachio. Why do you like pistachio? Do you actually like pistachio? Because I'm fancy. Dang, you fancy. Um, no, I like <laughs> strawberry. I told you that. I just don't want to say that because I don't want people to be like, strawberry, that's boring. Boring. Yeah. Okay, uh, my final golden rule is be willing to ask yourself, are you the problem? No, really for real, though. Um, this is a hard question to ask yourself, and it's something that you never want to ask yourself. Admitting your own fault is something I think that the entire world is awful at doing. Human beings, for whatever reason, hate saying, I was wrong, I'm sorry, I made a mistake, and being honest about it, and not just being like, I was wrong, I'm, yeah, sure, whatever, I made a mistake, okay, okay, cool, resolves, whatever, you know. Don't be afraid to turn the lens on yourself in a difficult situation and see, ask yourself, what can I do to make this better? Am I actually causing a problem with the way I reacted? Do I need to apologize to someone? Do I need to address something in me that was making something worse and actually realize that like maybe they weren't the issue here but the way i treated it and handled it was why it became worse um so it's easy to get caught up in the tide and the current of things but don't forget to, to look in the mirror and ask yourself who is the man in the mirror i'm looking at the man in the mirror I'm asking him to change his ways. Woo-hoo. Yeah, That's see, exactly. Could have been any clear. Okay. But that, 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 what do you mean, right? Of course it's Michael Jackson. Okay, just making sure. Yeah, it's Michael Jackson. It's I have this weird thing where I, like, my dad thinks it's hilarious because I, like, know the words to, like, every song. But you don't know who, yeah. That's but funny. I'm like, I don't know who this is. Is this Hall & Oates or what? Like, <laughs> I have no idea. But I know the words for some reason. Yeah. So, like, anything, like, we'll be driving somewhere and any song on the radio, he'll just look at me and I'll be able to sing along with most of them. Yeah, really? Oh, wow. At least, you know, for a good portion. Mm-hmm. I'm awful at lyrics. So that's funny. You definitely have that skill. I don't. It's not good. My brain, my hard drive is full of useless stuff, Jimmy. My, it could be filled with like, I don't know, the keys to the universe. And yet, no, I've just got the song lyrics for Wonderwall in there for some reason. Probably because you're eating too much pistachio ice cream. <laughs> too fancy. Um, uh, I only have four golden rules. I'm going to skip my last one because we've already talked about it too much. Just skip it? I skip only it. had four too. All right. So we said 10, but then we actually only did eight because my head is full of music lyrics and not math. All right. Anyway, that is our topic for today, fostering a healthy playgroup. Let's go to the listeners. Please let us know if you guys have had any bad playgroup experiences um, and how did you solve them? Or do you have any quick tips about how to make things better? Are there any little quick strategies that just help things run smoothly or help it be more harmonious? That's Mm -hmm. great. Those would be great stuff. Tell us. Tell us, please. Because we told you. 
and you got to meet us halfway. <laughs> and also, try some pistachio. Actually, it's really gelato that's that I like pistachio. Pistachio gelato? Yeah, like... Man, you're getting so fancy up here. <laughs> like pistachio ice cream, I don't know. But pistachio gelato? Ooh, I'm there. Delicious. Okay. I do like gelato in general, yeah. so... Um, also, thank you guys for your submissions on uh, how to make soul extractor. Soul Super separator. cool. Soul separator, sorry. Um, there are some inc- some great combos out there. Uh, like we said earlier, Tree of Perdition. It's this uh, three in the black for a zero thirteen tree, and you tap it to exchange uh, opponent's life total with its toughness. So well, it would normally set them to 13. Yeah. But but you soul separate it out, and it's a 1-1 one, one flyer with defender that can tap to make their life total 1 it wow. seems so good. That's I such really a, want to do it. That's such a cool idea. I love it. You get it. like a fate stitcher out and you do it to two people. Oh my goodness. I'm going to build a Triska Decophobia deck with the Tree of Perdition, but I'll probably have the Soul Separator combo in there just to win if I can't otherwise. You Hold know? on. You have a, never mind. You have a Tim out. Oh my God. So you put their life total to one and then ping, killed you with Tim. Oh, or a, or a, oh my gosh. I'm getting so excited. I'm going to totally do it. Yeah. Or what's the, uh, the, the thing that deals one damage to everyone? It's black. Uh, pestilence pestilence yeah you can pestilence them all oh, out too that's great um oh another uh combo people were saying was sun titan yeah which is a really good one because as soon as sun titan comes into play it makes the two creatures but it came into play so you can actually get the soul extra, uh, soul separator back right yeah, then because it's a three drop artifact yeah. you do lo- lose that sun titan into exile forever um and i know a lot of people love recurring that card but it's awesome because it just bounces the soul just separator put a back. rift sweeper in your deck or uh pull from eternity then get the sun titan back yeah no biggie uh gilded drake was another one usually with gilded drake you're exchanging a creature that's like a flyer it's actually a good blocker but in this case you're giving them a one one flyer and stealing something else Ooh, that's pretty good yeah i like that I like one that a lot one. um your commander yeah, people were saying this is a really good way because when you do it, it moves it to exile, right? Which means you can move it to command zone. Mm-hmm. Is that how that works? Yep. And then, yeah, so you sort of got your commander out for a really cheap one time. Yeah. This is also, um, it's a good way to get an extra use out of it. For five mana, you get to recast your commander, kind yeah. of, you know? And then it gets put. But the other thing is, like, you could also just have someone remove the soul separator and then you're like oh crap well my commander is stuck in my graveyard now yeah that part sucks yeah so you gotta be careful about that uh all right so we're gonna move to the end step but before we do we want to remind you to check out our sponsor card kingdom go to cardkingdom.com slash command zone and uh purchase all your eldritch moon pre-order pre-orders you know a card that i'm really excited about is thalia's lancers Oh, yeah. This is the card that... Uh, it got spoiled f- after we talked about uh, Brazella. Yeah, so in the Brazella deck, you totally want this. It, it comes into play, and you can tutor for a legendary card. Mm-hmm. Legendary card. So yeah. you can go get a legendary land. You can go get a legendary artifact. This is... Is this maybe a new thing that white's going to be able to do? You know how all the colors oh, yeah, can sort yeah. of tutor for certain things. Maybe they decide that white can tutor for legendary now. I don't know. Kind of cool. Yeah, um, very cool. Another card I'm really excited about but I kind of also hate, but I think it's awesome, is Thalia, uh, Heretic Cathar. Oh, yeah. You love stacks cards. Come on. But this is a hate on, on non-basic lands. Yeah, that's true. But I think this card is going to be like really good in Modern and uh, Legacy and everything, so it might be worth taking a look at the pre-order. I don't know what the price is at right now. Yeah, um, but she's a 3-mana three 3-2 three, first strike, and creatures and non-basic lands your opponent's control enter the battlefield tapped. Brutal. Think if you have a fetch land. It comes in tapped. Then if you fetch for like a dual land or a shock land, that comes, comes in tapped. tapped. Oh so you gosh. basically like screwed them for two turns. 
their creature. You know how much I love like blind obedience and stuff. I think this this card is going to go up in value. I'm not a financial guy, so I could be wrong. But we'll see how I'm much we'll at. see how much it sees play in standard, and that will determine its set price. And it's then, definitely going to see a lot of play in standard because white's way too strong in standard right now. As yeah, it is. I agree. Yeah. Um. Anyway, check out cardkingdom.com/slash/commandzone. Please use that link when you guys are going to the website. Also, make sure you follow us at commandcast. Uh, because we're starting our giveaways, the Keys to the Kingdom, 48 packs of Eternal Masters on Twitter right now. Check it out. Find out how you can enter. It's going to be super simple. And like Grunkle Russell or Rogue Artificer on Twitter says, I love that Card Kingdom is sponsoring CommandCast. It's absolutely spectacular. You guys can be spectacular too. Just go ahead and visit that website, cardkingdom.com slash commandcast. Command zone. Command zone. Blah. All right. Now time for the end step where we talk about something cool outside the world of magic. I have written down here, Warcraft movie. Oh, yeah. Did you think it was cool? That was okay. Here's the thing. I thought it was going to be really bad mm-hmm. um, because it didn't look good. And They had a very interesting marketing uh, for it. I think it's tough to also show that movie in bits and pieces. You need to just be un- engulfed by it, I think, to watch it. Yeah, because from all the ads, the orcs looked really bad. Mm-hmm. And I call this the Blood Diamond effect. Do you remember that movie Blood Diamond with Leonardo DiCaprio? Yeah, yeah. And how when in the trailers, he was speaking with like this South African accent. And it felt really bad. He would be like, I think the catchphrase from Blood Diamond was like, in America, it's bling bling. Is here, is bling bang. You know, and it was just like... <laughs> bang bang. Li- and the way he was doing the accent, it sounded... And then when you watch the movie... It was fine. He sounded good. Mm-hmm. It's Leonardo DiCaprio. Guy can act. It's it was totally fine. But in short snippets, it came off as weird. Yeah. You know, we had the same problem. I worked on Scott Pilgrim versus the World, and which is a, oh, yeah. a great movie. Uh, if you haven't seen it, you should totally check Very it out. Very specific though. But it was hard to get people to go see the movie because when they saw it in short snippets, they would see all the like Bing Pow. He would hit somebody. They would turn into coins. It mm-hmm. didn't make sense in the context of the movie as a whole. It totally did. But. It was hard in a trailer for that that world to really make sense, and I think Warcraft suffered a little from that because the orcs actually look pretty good in the movie. I thought they, I thought the CG was some of the best done in a very long time. I, I liked it more than what Weta did with like the Hobbit, for example. Yeah, so. the orcs acting the acting on the orcs was really good. There were some issues when they were on screen at the same time as the humans. I won't lie. Well, just because the scale was so absurdly different too, it's tough yeah, to really. The have comping wasn't really as maybe as good as I wanted, but I, I thought the movie was maybe a little bit underrated because it felt like people really didn't like it. It got pretty bad reviews. Well, China um, loves it. Well, China loves it. Um, and I can see that too because some of the dialogue was like not super finesse dialogue but mm-hmm. when it's translated into another um language then it could be anything well i talked with your brother about this a couple of weeks ago foreign movies get a lot of the benefit of the doubt because you're for one thing you're either reading mm-hmm. and not looking at the faces of the actors or you are but they're dubbed and so when they say something that just comes out kind of silly you just assume that like oh the translation's a little off on, and you forgive it yeah so you just sort of give a lot more leeway. Have you ever? When's the last like foreign movie you saw where you're like, "Wow, the the acting's really bad in this movie." Very rare, actually. But it's it can't that can't possibly be true. Like, yeah, you know, their acting would be bad just as in the same amount that our acting would be bad in our movies. Yeah, sometimes just hearing it in a different language, you're like, "Wow, that was really deep." You don't know if they put weird emphasis or they, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. And and a lot of time you're reading the subtitles, so you're not paying attention to their face as it, with the same amount of scrutiny that you yeah, would. Yeah, that's a good anyway, point. Yeah. Anyway, that's a total tangent, but that's my theory about foreign movies. Foreign movies are very good. I'm just saying 
they're helped out a little. I was telling your brother, I was like, you know, your first movie should be in Spanish or something because then you don't have to worry about how good the dialogue is and how yeah, good the acting is. That's true. Um, also, a movie like Warcraft is just not made ever. Uh, very rarely do giant CG movies like that come out. And for that reason, that's why the rest of the world loves, you know, like apocalypse movies where the world gets blown up. Yeah, just like, well, my favorite thing reason to go see a movie people are like why are you gonna go see batman for superman i heard it's terrible and i'm like might be terrible at least it's gonna be loud yeah very loud in your face the entire time the 30 minute extended edition that came out actually i really 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 want to see the full director's cut version of warcraft i think that is going to be a yeah very... there's like a three hour and ten minute version i heard they had to cut it down like an hour out you can tell some of the scenes just kind of end you're like oh wait wasn't there more to discuss and I there's, think that's because they had to cut it down for the cinematic There's release. a lot of moments where it doesn't feel like they got there. Like, oh, wait, those two are in love? Yeah. You know, where it's like, oh, if there was two more scenes, then I could see. And so that might have been like a problem with leaving a lot of it on the cutting room floor. Yeah. Either way, I'm a huge fan of Duncan Jones. I, I've followed his work for a long time now. So I thought the movie was pretty good. I enjoyed it. And, I, you know, I had a uh, very often I'll go into a movie and I'll be very critical of it coming out. The things that I was critical about of, of this movie just sort of got washed over by just like, I was like, wow, this is impressive in terms of the CG, the scope, and I could see a lot of other things that I enjoyed as a filmmaker, so that that made me happy. Yeah, it was a little better than I thought. I still don't think it's a great movie, but I think it's well better than I would have thought. Yeah, there you go. All right, time for the cleanup step. Oh, make sure to check out our sister podcast, The Masters of Modern. Alex Kessler and Ben Bateman talk about modern and all things competitive magic. They actually had their first preview card ever. Yeah, really cool. For Eldritch Moon. It's like a sort of new hymn to Turak variant. I think they called it like Delirium to Torak or something yeah. because it's him to Torak, uh, but requires Delirium to make them discard two cards at random. It's still very powerful and props to those guys for getting their first preview card. That's really, really exciting. Yeah. That just shows how good their podcast is and uh, how it keeps improving. They have really great guests. I think they had Matt Sperling on recently. They're always getting, you know, big names from the magic world. So definitely check them out. You can find them on Twitter at the MMcast or on rocketjump.com right next to us under the podcast tab. Our editor for the show is Terry Robertson, who's putting in extra time now to make sure that he can get all three of these sweet camera angles in here. We're looking at the cameras. He's probably cutting up between all of them. Um, so make sure you guys check out the video podcast at youtube.com slash the command zone podcast, uh, especially for an episode like this where we're not really, I mean, it's this episode because we don't talk about that many. Actually, I don't think we talk about any cards outside of like the preview cards and stuff. It's just usually just a bunch of moving screens, but now you get to see our faces. And thank you, Terry. Uh, Sorry, uh, I apologize for that. Yeah, right. Thank you, Terry, for editing us together. Um, and There'll big, be a lot of cards next episode because I think it's set review. Yeah. Oh, we're getting there. And big special thanks to Jeffrey Palmer at Living Cards MTG. He did all of the really cool animations uh, for our episodes as well. So again, the full video experience, youtube.com slash the command zone podcast. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. And we will see you next time. Peace. Keep fostering playgroups that are positive and cool and great. Grow your plant extra tall. Grow your plant. This camera, too. Oh, yeah. I forgot about the other cameras. Bruh, bruh, bruh. I can't do that. Don't. You, you don't want to do it. It's not it. worth it. I All right. Bye, guys. <laughs> yeah, do it with one leg. Oh, wait. I, oh, as I knock over the microphone. Yeah, I hide one hand. Dang. <laughs> that was pretty cool. You've got good timing. Peace. All right, later. <laughs>
For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. (laughs) Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, It can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly. Which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.